0: Welcome to another of the Copcast podcast. Um, we're coming to you after Sheffield United. Came downfield to and touched the ball about four times and lost 2-0. And tonight it's just myself, Dave Dunning, and Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, have you recovered from New Year sufficiently in order to have a semi kind of coherent conversation about this?
1: Yeah, probably just about. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Fine form actually, um, and
0: yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year to you. How are you doing, Dave? Yes, I'm doing, <laughs> doing spectacularly well at the moment. It's just a, it's just a, it's a terrific time to be alive, really, as a Liverpool fan. So, um, so yeah, safe. Seppi Gennaro ruled in the time, and for me, it was probably a stronger team than I thought that he was going to select. Um, the only change, really, is 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 the enforced change. Kind of again. I suppose we'll talk about him a bit. Um, and this is growing. Tweak,
1: hopefully. Hopefully a tweak, who knows. I mean, if it's in the warm-up, you kind of hope that it's a tweak. It surely can't be a, a
0: rip or a strain in the warm-up, can it? Yeah, you, you would hope not. But, again, you just don't know with this kid. Um, yeah, he seems, is, seems to be unfortunate with, with these muscle injuries. Like. Yeah, it's 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 all a bit. It's all about Shaqiri. It's all about Lalana, It's all about Lovren, and, and it's it's becoming a little bit of a concern because the yeah, we Irish we we really like,
1: isn't
0: it? Yeah, because you're looking at him the last few weeks, and you're thinking he he's nearly at the level. He's nearly at that level that we all thought he could get to.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose we may as well start with Naby Keita since he didn't even make the, uh, didn't even actually make it out onto the pitch uh, following the warm-up. So obviously, um, news of a, of a groin injury sustained in the warm-up, as we said, hopefully it's a tweak. He was supposed to get a scan on it today, I checked the latest news just before coming on the pod, um, and... Klopp in his press conference, I believe, said that uh, there was nothing further, basically, that he was waiting for the scan results. They hadn't had the results of the scan yet, and they're waiting to see what it could be, potentially, how long it would be. Basically, the report on the rest of the injuries were they were all kind of quote unquote looking good, but none of them were in contention for this weekend. But with um, eight days until the next league game, there was a potential for some of them at least to be back in contention. And, and I think Shakiri with one of them but yeah disappointing for Navi Kaida. really gotten for him frustrating for fans as well but um, you know I think more so for the player really has the trust of the manager now um, as you said it was a very strong team that um, that uh, Jurgen Klopp picked and, and Kaida was very much part of that midfield and it's the same as the midfield against Leicester who of course are the second best team in the country at the moment so I mean that shows you the kind of trust that Klopp now has in Kaida. and He's picking him basically in his first choice midfield, which um, and and consistently, which which you know says a lot. So this- yeah, I think we all know he rates him because he keeps picking him for big games. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, he keeps picking him for big games, and he keeps delivering. Let's be honest, He's you know he's scored a few goals already this season. He's been involved in a, in a lot, uh, a couple of assists. A couple of hockey assists in inverted commas, or or pass before they assist that that one. Um, very much dictates the, the tempo when he's on the pitch as well. Um, very clever. We've noted his link up play with with um, Salah in particular um, over the course of uh, of the season. Certainly over the course of the last kind of six weeks. So, yeah, I think we did a pod actually not so long ago where we were discussing. Um, how good it was to have Kaida looking as if he was really part of the squad now, part of the team and and fit and firing and hopefully we'll be able to rely on him now for the rest of the season and yada, yada, yada. And of course, unfortunately, it hasn't come to pass. So we hope that it is just something very, very minor and he he can be back um, of use as soon as possible. Yeah,
0: so Milner comes in and it's the... And was great. Yeah, the the doomsday midfield or the brexit midfield or whatever they're being yeah. have, have been referred to in the past and to be fair the three of them were absolutely superb. Um Milner was brilliant and he was probably the worst of the three of them or the least best of the three of them. Um Alden first half I thought was absolutely everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. He looks he looks I think it's really evident when Genie is not in need of a rest, put it that way. And he had those couple of weeks out over the, the Club World Cup when he when he was injured and he, and he was decided not to be rest. And it almost looks as though it's done in the world of good because he was fucking everywhere, absolutely everywhere, particularly the first half. He was brilliant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a little bit of that in, in Milner as well, the fact that he's been used sparingly this season he um, certainly played his part but nothing like the number of starts he's had in the last couple of seasons um, so he looked fresh and you're right in saying he was probably the least good but um, I think that's just just a case of, of age more than anything else and, and, and the job you're asking him to do there but they were all brilliant Genie's Jeannie's next level um, the dominance he shows the strength on the ball the, the, the composure The quick feet and tight situations, the ability just to
0: really—I
1: was going to say never—but of course, it happens from time to time. But really, hardly ever give the ball away. Um, Henderson was was excellent. uh, A little bit more advanced. Um, You could see the the old complaints that they've drifted, they've melted away a little bit. You know the that, oh, he always passes sideways and he's a crab and, you know, he's, he slows everything down. Well, that's nonsense now. I mean, you look at the number of, of first-time passes, he's trying to play one- and two-touch stuff all the time. Look at the number of forward passes he's playing, the number of passes into, into directly into the forward or over the top that he's trying to play. Um, I think it gets man of the match, actually, uh, on, the, on the coverage last night. And, yeah, for me... For me, he was certainly up there, certainly up there. I think there were a number, I think everybody played excellently. I think there were a number of standout performers. Van Dyke was was exemplary. Gomez alongside him is, yeah, well, you know, I think I remembered last night or I heard again last night what I've been um, talking about before with them as a partnership. I think they only conceded five goals in the first three months of last season with them as a partnership. Until Gomez got injured. So I mean, that just goes to show you. And I think it's eight clean sheets in nine in all competitions now, and, and
0: five in a row or six in a row in the league. So uh, I heard a statistic. It's 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 five clean sheets in a row in the league, and it's the first time we've done that since Benny was in charge in two thousand and seven.
1: Yeah, so um so there you go. I mean, we are we we're starting to tighten up at the back. At the beginning of the season, everyone was saying, "Oh, you know, Liverpool aren't uh, aren't really clicking yet. They're only just winning games. You know, a lot of two ones, always two one. Liverpool's favourite scoreline. Well, no Premier League team has scored against us since uh, Everton did, and we beat them five two. Um, and since since then, we've started to increase our winning margins. We've we've shut the door so much at the back. And now we're starting to get the praise that, that, that we deserve. Uh, the likes of um, their manager coming out last night, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But his praise was was glowing. Was was resounding. So we say so. It's it, yeah, it was. You know, it's nice to see, and and we know we've got other gears to go into. I mean, it was one of the most complete Premier League performances I've ever seen. Last night, and we only only one two nil. We only needed to probably only needed to win one 0 because they didn't have a chance. They didn't have a they didn't have a kick, and they weren't they weren't bad. They aren't bad. They're very far from from being bad. Um, they're an excellent team who put in everything and, and leg most teams, um, all over the pitch and give them give them a hard show. Whereas whereas Liverpool didn't need to get out of second or third gear last night to to just. To just steamroll them, and yeah, it, it's frightening because we've got levels to go. This team's got levels to go.
0: Yeah, it's your point on Gomez. There, it's. Do you remember the chat at the start of the season where we we weren't we weren't as good at the back? And is it this new high line? This new high line's obviously made us more susceptible and blah blah blah. But there we go. There's it's another another goal we concede against everything that's offside and we keep on catching teams offside so often. And we've essentially what we've done is we've, we've adapted Devar and nobody else has no forward line has adapted Devar, but our, our back line has adapted Devar and we're playing this high line and we're, we're trusting the line and the line is immaculate. Like the offside goal, I don't know whether you saw it where they, they froze it. The line's absolutely immaculate. Um, and we continue to do this. And obviously, it, you know, it's it's our defensive record. You know, I don't think, I think we've conceded more than one goal in a league game once this season. And as you say, it was against Everton. We won 5-2. But I don't think we've conceded, a, conceded more than one goal in any other league game. And that's 20 matches. So to say that we were shaky at the back, I think. It's just some stupid narrative that again someone says it once and everybody jumps on board. And actually, if you if you look at the underland statistics, it's not we've we've been certainly the top two or three defensive records in the league most of the season, and now we're by far and away the best defensive record in the league. And a lot of that has to do with Gomez coming back in, and that line can be higher with his That's pace, it. you know. And That's- he can he can trust he he trusts his pace as well, but he's not. Like I've seen Lovren drop a little bit earlier than he has to sometimes because he doesn't quite back himself in the same way Gomez does. He does it. He does it all
1: the time. That that's one thing that Lovren, as good as he's been when he's come in, one thing he does that's in his game consistently and
0: constantly because he doesn't trust his pace. And, he and it's does. only and see like it's only like it's half a second. He's going half a second too early. He if, dropped, if even that he drops half a yard, half a second too early. But that that's enough to play Harry Kane onside. But that's it. That's the difference between a goal being onside and a goal being offside, especially in this day and age where you're talking millimetres. Exactly. Exactly. And that, listen, we'll come back to the to the defence
1: because you, you hit the nail on the head with, with, with the high line. And, and the one thing we'd actually forgotten because Joe Gomez got injured, I don't know,
0: was before Christmas last season, wasn't it? It was what, end of November? It was December. I, know, I think it was the, I think I, I looked at it the other day for a specific reason, and I think it was the 8th of December. Okay, 8th of December. So before the Christmas period really
1: kicks in. So before your mad sort of run begins. So you played at that point about what,
0: 14? No, not even 12 games in the season? Like 12 matches or something, yeah. Twelve or thirteen yeah. games. So it's not very many because you've had all those stupid international
1: breaks. You've had about three international breaks, and um, you've only you've only just you've only just started really because the league cup is still in the it's still not quite in the quarterfinal stage and whatever. So you've only had a, a short number of matches and you um, or a small number of matches. Sorry, and we forgot how high of a line we were playing when Joe Gomez and Van Dijk were were the centre-back partnership because, obviously, uh Lovren comes in for a little bit and then gets injured for about six games, typically, and then gets injured. Then Matic comes in and takes over. And what happens is, of course, Maddock grows into the role and does really excellently
0: and ends up being possibly our best centre-half, in fact. Of the second half. Ago. Yeah, we're uh, we are in danger of forgetting how good Matt it was. He absolutely was. He absolutely was. There's no doubt. But our goals per
1: game conceded did go up. There's that that's just a fact when Gomez and and Van Dijk were split up. Our goals per
0: game conceded ratio went up. And, and the fact there is chief that you you just you didn't really mention it because it was the record was so absurd that you just assumed that it would revert to the mean at some point. But actually now when Gomez is back in, we've reverted back to that standard early at last season, and actually we're even better now. Exactly.
1: Because not well, not only can we play the high line like we want to, we've now also got the AR helping helping us. Do that because if you're offside by a ball hair, you're offside. And and they're taking it to the nth degree to prove that because they have the power. And even though it seems they've been told by the IFAB that they're ripping the piss and they shouldn't be doing that, they're like, Really? So we're gonna keep doing it basically for the rest of the season. But we're playing them we're playing the high line because Gomez backs his pace and so does Van Dijk. So nobody's dropping which means not only not only is there um well not only is there less space really for the for the other team to play we're more much more compact so we can squeeze them more we can play in their half more we can squeeze them more pen them in more and you are seeing that specifically you know against the likes of shepherd united when they cannot get out at all when we are smothering them when we are Holding the pillow over their heads and not letting go, they're kicking for touch within the first
0: fifteen minutes last night. Yeah, but that's exactly it. We we turn it. We turn with that high line. We're able to turn a game of football into being played in one half of the pitch, and, and with, that it, that enables us to press far more effectively because there's absolutely. less space to cover.
1: Absolutely, and it's like. It's like I don't know if you've been watching uh watch if you've seen Arsenal's last two games under Arteta, but certainly the one against um against united yeah. the the how compact they are now compared to how they were at the beginning of the season you know it's a little bit you look at Liverpool Liverpool are doing it at a, at a higher level, but Arsenal were very very good under Arteta the other day, but they're doing the same thing they're compressing they're playing really really high and they're compressing the space. And there's about, I don't know, 30 yards, 40, 40 yards maximum between their 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 defense and, the, and their strikers. So they're really, really condensing the, the, the space in there. And we're doing the same because we're playing so high. And if you're going to try and hit us on the – well, your only option is to try and hit us on the break, which means you're going to have to have incredibly quick strikers because we've got two incredibly quick center backs – and you're going to have to time your runs expertly, pretty much from your own half, because we're playing so high. If, if you're even and if with VAR the way it is, if you're even leaning offside, you're going
0: to be caught. So, and what you're also relying on is someone having the ability to play a pinpoint pass under the extreme pressure that the forwards and the midfield will put you under. In the, you know. Half a second or three quarters of a second time you have to get the ball, control the ball, get your head up, pick your pass, and play it. And And it's practically impossible,
1: as we saw.
0: That's what their their manager was saying last
1: night. Really, that it's absolutely impossible. You cannot play against it. They 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 didn't have a kick. They didn't get near us, and. And yet, yeah, it's, it, it's really—it is quite frightening to watch that because you know we've all been watching football for for a long time, and we've all seen very, very good teams. But I don't think I've ever really seen a team like this, as as relentless as this, as surefire as it. I mean, this is a team now that, as of last night, is unbeaten in twelve months. Not you know has has not lost a game in twelve months. Uh, yes. it's unbeaten this season of course it's only dropped two points last time we lost was by 11 millimetres uh, against City uh, at the Had last January and
0: you God. know what I watched I watched the goals from that game just randomly this afternoon because it popped up on my Twitter feed and actually I think we forget sami's winner he shoots across goal, then it hits the inside of the post and goes right along the goal line and just about sneaks in in the inside netting on the other side. Yep, yep,
1: absolutely. I mean, theirs hit the post and goes in. We hit the post and it comes out the inside of the post. We should have won that game. Man, I should finish the first time, and then we're really unlucky that it doesn't go in the second time. And then even with Stones' clearance, he only just misses volley and Salah by how much? Half an inch. It's ridiculous that they win, but, you know, maybe, you know, the gods or whatever you want to call them, fate interceded there and gave them that title so that we would, we would be as good this year. Who knows? Because we're, we're better this year than we were last year. And as we said, there, there are ways to go. I mean, you don't want to get carried away. And so we won't get carried away. But as we've said before, where who who beats this team? When when we we've watched Liverpool for years. I watched Liverpool for God no thirty years, and I've never even even in the Rafa days when we were when we were very
0: good, and apart
1: from maybe when like,
0: I- even when we were like sticking four past Real Madrid at Anfield, and then you know. Taking a trip down the old Trafford and sticking four into them, and then a couple of a a week later, hammering five into Aston Villa, like it just was, like it was just nothing.
1: Well, it was nothing compared to this because you, 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 you were brilliant at that time in, in that one season in that six months. But you never felt we're definitely going to win this game today before you started the match. Every game, you never felt. Oh, no matter who we play. We'd find a way to beat them. We never felt in in Champions League runs that, oh, you know, whoever you get, we'll just hammer them. We always felt, you know, well, we could give them a game and you never know when, you know, Anfield atmosphere and yada, yada, yada. Whereas now you're looking at the draw going, I don't give a shit if we get Real Madrid. We're better than Real Madrid. (laughs) You know, I don't care if we get Barcelona. Look what we did to them last season. Oh, you? Ju- Juventus is the hardest? Okay. You know, everyone's going, and I, I don't want to be cocky, and I don't think we necessarily will, will canter to a victory, but whichever team that you drew, you, you went, well, we can beat them. There's no team in the league, except for Man City, and even Man City, there's no team in the league where you go, oh, I, I don't fancy that. Not anymore, you know, not now. Maybe in the first month of the season, maybe in the first... Six weeks, you still felt that, but not now. Not now that there's a body of evidence going back to last January. Not now when you've already played City once this season, and embarrassed them. Not once when you're now that you're 13 points clear of of the next best team, who you've just hammered four 0 on their own patch. Do you know what I mean? This is this is this is special. This is something different. This is something that only. Fans who are... I mean, I caught the very tail end of the success in the 80s. You know, very tail end as a y- young kid. But only fans who really got to experience that era and the era of the 70s and the 80s could know what it felt like to just know Liverpool were going to find a way to win the game every every week, no matter who they faced.
0: Well, that's it. And, and yeah, like, this. This team now, that, that performance, we you're right, we just we just smothered them and we know their game and we know what they're good at and we saw it. Um we saw that I like to get the, the ball up to McGoldrick uh, and it gets popped off and you know they get runners from midfield and then and then the, the ball goes in behind and all of a sudden they have they have, you know, midfielders flooding forward in order to fill the box, the likes of fleck and Mousse and um, what do you call that scouse fella with a funny Lundstrom? Awesome. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, they, these guys these guys are coached really well. And and Wilder's played that system for a long time. Um, and they all, and again, this is the benefit he's had that group of players together for a long, long time. And this kind of brings into this, brings into stark realization the conversation that was had at the start of the season around, why haven't we signed players and blah, blah, blah. Well, again, you look at Aston Villa, who spent an absolute fortune, and they're struggling. Whereas Wilder's come up, probably the most unfancied of the three promoted sides, Sheffield United. And with a, a system they've been playing for a number of years now, a group of players that have been together um guys that all understand their their roles they have a manager that demands the highest level of effort and work rate out of his players and is uncompromising on that which I think is fairly evident in his his press conferences and his his um his interviews and it goes to show that they're they're not that different from us in their ethos but the level that we are performing that and how we expertly nullified them and prevented them from getting the ball into the front men with our energy and our pressing and our coordination was just, it's terrifying. And Wilder said it himself, you know, um teams are coming here now. And we talked about this in the past. It, it could get to a stage where teams are just they're going to be beaten before they walk out into the pitch. and And, and Wilder said that that nearly was the case. Yeah, he seemed
1: to he seemed to intimate that. Didn't he? I mean, he seemed to sort of be having a wee dig at his players, but sort of saying, you know, that that's the first time it's happened, and to get to this point for it to be the first time it isn't isn't really bad, given the journey they've been on. And he could understand perhaps <clears throat> in a way why they were, but he was very he was very disappointed, quote
0: unquote, in that. And don't get me wrong, the early goal helps us significantly there. But at the same time, we've been threatening to put an early goal away for weeks now.
1: Well, that's that's absolutely right. And and we sh- for my money, we should be more clinical like that, because that's one thing that Manchester City, when they're on form, they are very, very good at scoring within the first five minutes. And we create a chance as good as Mo Salah's um, goal. There, we create a chance like uh, as good as that pretty much every game within the first five minutes and don't tend to take it.
0: <coughs> like, so, you remember at Leicester when we win 4 0, we should probably be 3 0 up inside 10 minutes easily. We should definitely, definitely be 1 up
1: inside five, if not two. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so, again, also in the World Cup Cup final, we should be 1 0 up inside five minutes. Firmino misses a minute, I think. Yeah. Firmino misses a sitter. Yeah. Um and there's another one also early
0: there's So Kaida of puts one over the bar very early on too and he should do much better with it
1: yeah that's right that's right so finally we have converted early chance and <clears throat> good that we did because that settled everything down completely blew their game plan and you know allowed us to to really play with confidence Um <clears throat> the thing about Liverpool is they're and Chris What's his name? Chris Chris Wilder, is it?
0: Yeah. He sounds yeah. like a, he sounds like an 80s pop star, doesn't he? he does, he does. He absolutely. He does. He wanted to call him Gene Wilder, but uh <laughs> he's an actor. No, so. he's not quite not quite the same demeanor as as Willy Wonka. <laughs> but I, um he
1: used the word humility, and um, I think Liverpool show that in abundance because The other thing about Man City is they go out, and even even Leicester, you know, very much Leicester, because that's Brendan Rodgers in a nutshell. They go out and they they play their game. They play how Pep wants them to play. They don't care who they're playing. They go out and play how they want to play. And if they play to Pep's specifications or they play to Brendan Rodgers' specifications, both managers think that they will win. And again, perhaps sometimes against their better judgment, because Pep has famously changed his way of playing once when he, when he came to Anfield and it sort of worked for him. Um, but that kind of went out the window again this this year, perhaps because he didn't have the personnel, but perhaps because his hubris got the better of him again. Um, but that's what it is. Sometimes I think it's their hubris that, that says, no, no, our, we, we're we brilliant and our way of playing, if we get it right, doesn't matter who we're playing, we're going to beat them. And we don't do that. Liverpool doesn't do that. The, the amount of Times you hear them reference after the game, both players and coaching staff, manager, whatever. We did a lot of work to then stop and then play. We 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 knew what they were gonna do. We 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 nullified their threat, we cut off their passing lanes, said that about Sheffield United, said that about Leicester. This is a team that's that's now proved itself to be the best in the world, and, and people are genuinely beginning to refer to it as the best team in the world, but they're not too big. To, to, to think, well, okay, we can play our game, but how do we best stop our opponents playing their game? And how can we take advantage of their inherent weaknesses in their game and exploit them? Yeah. And yeah. And that's that's the essence of 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 a of a complete coaching staff. Yeah. Coach the team to be as good as they can be at their game, at your game. But Teach, show them, show them the weaknesses in the opposition. Stop, show them how to stop the opposition playing. Show them how to frustrate the opposition. Show them how to knacker out of the opposition, and you will run rampant. And that's what's happening.
0: And you know, yeah. it's perfect, perfect way of doing things.
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah, there's two things here where we've heard it a lot, particularly from Linders, where you know he said the the mantra, if you like, our identity is intensity, and. That's shown through in that performance, and you know, we've talked about how, how Wilder referenced it. But the other thing that I've heard Henderson trotted a couple of times is we want to be horrible to play against, we want to be horrible to play against, and that means a team like Sheffield United coming to Anfield and knocking their pan in to get beaten 2 0 because we stop them doing all the things that they want to do to be effective. And in that regard, then we can take advantage of that, and that's what we've done time and time again this season. And we've seen it. You know, we've we just we've kept the ball off people. We've pressed them high when we wanted to. We've sat back and we've defended. You know, the width um, and and the breadth of our of our eighteen yard box when we've had to. Um, and with the energy in the midfield and like again. I find this team more and more difficult to define every time I see them and the word complete is going to be used loads particularly after that performance in the Leicester performance where this is a complete side and they've got so many different ways to play and it's difficult to pin a specific style down to this Liverpool side now we're not that swashbuckling counter-attacking team anymore we are on occasion when when the occasion demands it or allows it but We're so much more than that. The thing is, what what we do better than anybody is we switch the play and we stretch teams, particularly with the two fullbacks. Again, that was see that game. Uh, That was one of those games where you just saw fullback to fullback passes all the time. Fullback Robertson, Robertson to Trent, Trent to Robertson, switching the play, moving them all over the pitch, and just physically exhausting them. Did you see Trent's volley to Robbo across the across the box? Oh, the one with the outside of his foot. Okay, brilliant! It was my my brother says this, my brother has said this. Like, and it was like I think last season he said, you know, and he's a Spurs fan, but he, he's actually he's one of the more objective um, football fans. And he said, I watch that kid play, and there's at least one pass a game where you just go, wow, I love and. It. And and that's still true, and he, and he still does. That, that's what I mean. And that that was that was the pass against United where You just went, wow. It yeah, bend, but- it bends away from Robertson and into his path. It's coming at him, and then all of a sudden, it's ahead of him and inviting him to run onto it and drive forward. It's absolutely incredible.
1: It's pinpoint. It's perfect. And as as excellent as Andy Robbo is, he kind of highlighted that he doesn't quite have the technical prowess of Trent when he tried to do a similar thing and ended up... He <laughs> <knocking laughs>
0: nearly hit the corner him. flag.
1: Putting it out for a throw. Do
0: you see that? <clears throat> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't quite catch it right at all. It nearly hit the corner flag. Yeah, um, wrong part of his foot. So, yeah. uh, so you're absolutely right. But I mean,
1: Trent, listen, Trent's different class. We we can go on. I mean, what was what was brilliant was they interviewed him after the game on that Premier League tonight on BT Sport, and the way he spoke was absolutely, absolutely first class. Just really, again, humble, uh, sensible, thought thoughtful, um, really professional sounding, really focused, just. Everything you want, just I mean, they said he's a is a great ambassador for the club or a spokesperson, or what they said he's a great PR man for the club, whatever. But really, a, ambassador should have been the word they used, um, <clears throat> and that's what he is. He's, you know, even Rio Ferdinand, who through gritted teeth went on to say how great this Liverpool team is, and you know, you know, you're doing something right when 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 they're having to say it. Through literally through their their gritted teeth, you know, yeah, yeah, this is this is a, a great team. But um, <clears throat> there, that the ceiling, the level, the limit to, to to Trent is there. Well, there isn't one. The the sky is the limit in terms of his his development potential. He's got everything, um, and he's he looks like such a physically strong kind of robust, resilient kind of kind of player as well. Doesn't touch wood, doesn't get injured, doesn't have muscle problems, doesn't have, you know, hasn't had any contact injuries, isn't the kind of player who actually gets himself into scrapes, gets into difficult tackles. The likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain can't get himself
0: away from. Um, I think it's that's something to do, I think, with the area that he plays in on the pitch as well, where he is withdrawn from that intense, you know, there is there is a whole toe battle. I think there is a little bit of that,
1: but there are I think that there just is a thing where some players just don't just just yeah, I don't know what it is. The way that they play, whatever it is, their touch, the, the positions that they play on the pitch are bound to help as well. But whatever it is, they just don't get involved in those in those lunging kind of um leg, you know Real risky kind of twisting tackles where the knees go over and the ligament get stretched and and all that kind of stuff. Touch wood,
0: touch wood. Yeah, it He's, does only take someone to sell him a pass short to invite a tackle like that. At that, and that's thing. it. That's it.
1: But so far so good. That hasn't happened to him, and his touch has been so good that he hasn't felt the need to go in. And he seems, anyway, certainly like somebody that, barring any kind of contact injury. Doesn't seem to pick up muscle injuries, you know. He's, Gerard at that age had loads, loads, and loads of muscular problems. Um, his, his body started to grow too quickly, or his muscles were growing too big for his body, and, and all this kind of stuff. And he was out for for, for long spells uh, at various points. Austin. So, yeah, on his on his way through it. So far, Trent hasn't. Obviously, the medical staff these days know know a lot more, and and the whole thing is is you know, 20 years further down the line, but it really bodes well. I mean, you know, what can you say? This Liverpool team goes from, from from strength to strength, the game against, we should mention that it was a record number of, um, of passes for a Premier League game over 900, I think. um, you know, we passed him to death. We that was used. That line was used in the commentary. It's a cliche, but but we really did. We made the ball do the work, and in that way, I think perhaps we were able to rest quite a lot on the ball last night, which was uh, or on Thursday night, which which will be beneficial with the match coming up that I'm sure we're we're going to discuss. But um, yeah, absolutely fantastic performance, consummate performance. Every single player on the pitch played well. Um, all all eight out of ten plus performances. And uh yeah, with without actually having to get out of second or
0: third gear. Yeah. The one thing about Trent there is and you know, one of the reasons I think that he doesn't get into those type of scripts is that we we create as much space to allow him to have the ball as possible with whatever we do. And I haven't even attempted to work it out, but I don't know whether you've noticed it, but often he is the player with the most touches on the pitch. He's the player on the ball the most. Most passes, most touches from right back. And that's, that's by design. We we create an environment where we can get him on the ball and get him on the ball in space in order to dictate play like that.
1: Absolutely true. But that's, I mean, what you said about switching the play and stuff, that's how we how we play. That's, that's one of the main points is or well, the main tactics is to 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 move, move the play, move players around, get everyone dragged over to one side, and then switch it. And and that inevitably means that fullbacks tend to have or wide players tend to have more touches. And in this case, it's it's generally fullbacks who tend to have more touches. And there there is the odd game where we where we go left where where Andy Robbo uh, dictates the play and and is involved more and. But it just so happens that in the last few, I would say the last eight weeks, that Trents again has, you know, settled into the season. The back four, back five has been settled for the first time um, this season in the last six weeks. And we've really begun to see Trent's quality again. And he's, his game has just kind of stepped up over the, or the focus on him has just kind of stepped up over the last few weeks. And he's had more touches, more more play, more assist. But at the beginning of the season, Robo was was more involved. But that's the, it's a virtue of the way we play that the, we're trying. To, our fullbacks are, are our most creative players, and we're trying to get them on the ball.
0: Yeah, um, another one who stepped his level up is is certainly Jordan Henderson. Um, he another unreal performance last night, where he's at the heart of everything, and I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that he's probably on form the best central midfielder in the league at the minute. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in that. And this is probably a really inopportune moment to bring this point up, but talking about the back five being settled there, which is great, but I'm trying to think, I think it's a count in one hand, and you might not even need more than three fingers, the number of times that that back five has started with Fabinho. Because Joe Gomez gets injured, as we talked about, against Burnley last year on the 8th of December. And I went, had a, as I said, I I took a a look back at that team and Fabinho doesn't play. And if I'm right, it's not until, you know, the late December, early January, where he comes in and starts to stake a claim for that number six position consistently. And lo and behold, as soon as Gomez is fit this season, Fabinho's out injured. So you're looking at a scenario here where that team can actually improve with personnel, with a lineup that in the last 18 months we haven't even seen yet, although all the players have been there. If you're looking at your best possession man for man. If your spine, if your
1: spine is Allison, Joe Gomez, Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho. And Firmino. Fabinho and, Fabinho and Firmino, and maybe one in front of, of Fabinho if you're playing 4 2 three, one or whatever. But if that's your spine, how many goals do you concede? <laughs> Fabinho, Minamino and, and Firmino, how many goals are you concede? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, um, it's scary because you're absolutely right. They have never played together in a Premier League game because this season, um, the well certainly not at centre back. I don't think this season Fabinho has been injured before. Joe uh, Joe was was coming in playing right back. I, I don't think he's really played centre back apart from potentially in the in the League Cup. This season, and he certainly didn't have Fabinho in front of him in the League Cup, nor Van Dijk beside him. So they won't have played um, a Premier League game in in their correct positions before. I, I wouldn't have thought. You know, I think you're right in what you're saying. Whether I don't think they'll have played at all, maybe one or two games, but I really don't think at all. So it's scary because you know Fabinho is the best in the world, probably at his position, certainly the best in the league. Van Dijk and Gomez are. Allison is, well, Firmino, certainly the most hard-working and probably creative centre-forward there is in the league. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Just by dropping somebody in who's who's injured, just by shifting the personnel around, you're, you're probably strengthened to to that team again. And that's, that's something that we have because... It hasn't really been well. It's been it's certainly been glossed over the number of,
0: of injuries we've had this season, and the number of, of options that. Well, it's ha- been well, chief. It's been glossed over because we've coped. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a simple fact of the matter. We've coped with the injuries, and City haven't, which is why ours haven't been mentioned, and theirs have been everywhere. Exactly.
1: Listen, their their big issue, for me, is not. The Laporte injury. And anyone who listens to this podcast on a semi regular basis will know that we've talked about it a couple of times. And we said before the season started, when we did our preview of the season, we said, doesn't matter about Laporte. At that point, Laporte was fully fit. We said, company going is a massive, massive loss. And for me, that's been the issue. And Laporte might be the difference between three points, might be the difference between five points.
0: But he's not the difference between fourteen points. It isn't even if he's the difference, even if he's the difference of ten points. Which he is even ten points, which he isn't, but even if he is, we still win our game in hand and we're seven points ahead of them.
1: Yeah. The, you know, City City's big, big mistake was they let they let their their absolute talisman go without anyone there to replace him without anyone there to be promoted from within or anyone they could bring in to suddenly hang their hat on any big character they don't have any
0: they don't have nope, any you're yet. right
1: and what we what we cursed ourselves for for not having for so many years leaders in inverted commas we now have them in every position and City are looking around and they're struggling. They don't have any. Laporte's a good player, a strong centre-back, but he's only been at City two seasons. You know, he's not, he wasn't their captain. It's not like, are you going to suddenly rely on him? No, he's become their best player completely because he's been out injured and they've
0: they've done badly. You know what he's I mean? become their best player. He's become their best centre half because of two reasons. A companies left of was t- as we've discussed, and the other thing that I think is personally what I think is our actual issues is, is they went and spent, you know, the guts of 150 million pounds on Stones, Ottomendi, Mangala, and none of those players are are anywhere close to the level of any of our centre backs. Never mind Van Dijk or Gomez. Like, they're not even close to Lovren.
1: You know what was difficult for them and what's always been difficult, I suppose, and we may have this problem once the likes of Matip and uh, Lovren move on. They had company. And they had... Who Who did he used to play with? Who was their other centre-half? I mean, company he played with a lot of many for a little bit, but did they always just struggle to have somebody with company? Because it's almost like they they tried to buy the next big guy who could the next big name. with Mangala was thirty million. God knows how long ago. So in nowadays, nowadays he'd be worth eighty million, maybe more. And he never fitted in. Automatically, never fitted in. He went. Guardiola's then gone and bought Stones, fifty million. Doesn't like him. I mean, automatically was there before Guardiola came in. And so was uh, Mangala. But I don't think Mangala is there anymore. I think he's he's been moved on. And now they've got Stones, Otamendi, and they're trying to play Fernandinho in there, who's not a centre-back, just not a centre-back. I mean, we've got Fabinho, who could play there from time to time, and who actually counts as a centre-back. Fabinho's five times more centre-back than Fernandinho is. Even though Fernandinho's actually been probably their best centre-back so far this season in the absence of uh, of Laporte. But anyway, we're digressing. But the issues with City go a lot deeper than Laporte being injured. You know, and and what my original point was, was that Liverpool have have had a lot of injuries and therefore a lot of combinations that we we may have seen and we would like to have seen in certain games and certain times haven't been possible due to the injuries. And you're absolutely right, dropping Fabinho back into that spine will we'll just reinforce and he's due back anytime soon. He's he's, do, he's running, he's he's on the pitch. I read uh, Klopp said in his press conference earlier that he's out, he's doing his running and whatever. So, you know, you're looking at probably, he'd be back by the end of January at the latest, you would imagine. And, you know, that's a, another way Liverpool can get stronger as the season goes on. So, you know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for other teams. Um, you know, I don't want to go on too much Uh, but it's a frightening prospect especially when you think about a winter break that's coming as well so a chance to kind of regroup and you know get everyone together and have eight, nine days warm weather training or something and you know go for a final push I mean everything seems set up for Liverpool to go and win the league now and um, and to put in a record points haul and you know to become the greatest team the Premier League's ever seen. Um, so let's let's just uh, stay on board and, and hope it keeps going.
0: Yeah, well that's it. So th- this is this is the period that we've struggled in in the past. This this January February period. So I suppose for me, all eyes are going to be on this. Um, this is not a period of the season that we've we've excelled in in the past. And the next game is Everton. FA Cup third round because of course we of course we don't play Port Vale in the third round of the FA Cup um, because we're not Manchester City so it's a Merseyside Derby at Anfield and it's a pretty strong team he puts out on Thursday night and this is Sunday afternoon so I don't know Chief they're going to want to come and they're going to want to they're going to want to make a statement and Ancelotti's going to want to make a statement and their season's it's this is all they have left. Let's be like, this is all this is all they have left. They'll not get relegated. There's there's too much quality there. Um, the manager's too good. Klopp is by the sense of Klopp comments, he's all kinds of respect for Ancelotti, and I'm really not surprised. Like, he called him one of the smartest men he'd ever met. Um so they'll come strong, they will, but what what do you think we look like then? Because I, I I intimated at this a couple of weeks ago that I I thought that we wouldn't see a full strength side. I thought we'd see something akin to a a kind of certainly a half a league cup team, Um, something sort of Arsenal League Cup ish. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you think we'll see?
1: Well, I said a, a couple of weeks ago that I thought circumstances have been dictated. Uh, Our circumstances have have dictated to Klopp what what kind of a team that he may have to play. Um, it is a very strong team against Sheffield United, and, and as we said earlier, that's because Klopp has the, the has shown them the greatest of respect, and rightly so, given what they've been doing in the league so far this season. But you just said exactly the same thing about about Ancelotti, which Klopp has again paid him the utmost respect. He's. I can I can certainly see why there would be the need to perhaps rest a few players. I can certainly see there being changes. I can't see it being a league cup team. Um, I don't see that happening at Anfield against Everton in the um, third round of the cup, live on BBC. Sunday evening. Um, I just think it's too big of a of a potential smack in the face, shall we say? I mean, it be no more than that, because obviously, as we've talked about, Liverpool are, are having a fabulous season. But as I kind of mentioned before we started, there are very very few things that could burst any Liverpool fans' bubble right now, but. Certainly, in the short term, being beaten at home, live on TV by Everton, is is one of those. Um, it it immediately takes away your the smile on the face for the local fan. Uh, the next day, it immediately means that uh, for for one day at least, or for a couple of days, it doesn't doesn't matter if you're world champions or or fourteen points clear in the league. You still got beat by by Everton in the in the cup. So
0: it's true Chief but the question remains is if you don't take them out against Everton when do you take them out
1: I think you, well I think there will be changes first off right? I think there will be changes I don't see a League Cup team though we went there in the league in the Premier League and was it at Anfield at Derby was it was it Anfield yeah. yeah oh sorry Yeah. so we welcomed them to Anfield in the Premier League not not more than a month ago Roughly a month ago, something like that. And we, we made five changes on the night. I think Diva Garigi starts, Lalana starts, Shakiri starts. Uh, and there are a couple more probably in there. Milner probably starts and he hadn't started and, and, and somebody else in there maybe. And people were a little bit, I, I was going to say aghast, but probably not. We were a little bit, uh, there were one or two raised eyebrows, and, and that's probably, you know, as strong as it was. One or two raised eyebrows. Really? Lalana? Are you sure? You know, that kind of thing. But we, we battered them, absolutely battered them 5-2. Now, that was a different Everton. That was a Marco Silva Everton. That was a Everton absolutely bereft of confidence, and things have changed slightly since then. Obviously, they had the Duncan Ferguson period. They had the morale boost and went against, against them. Chelsea, um, Carlo Ancelotti's come in. They had a couple of wins on the bunch. Uh, First time in a long time they've done that. And then they've just, they've kind of narrowly lost to City at the weekend, to be fair to them. And um, obviously City not at their best, Everton not at their best, City quite comfortable, but still only 2-1. So they're in a decent vein of form. However, they've still got the same injury issues that Silva had They have problems in midfield. Your man, Andre Gomez, is is out forever. Um, They had to play uh, Simon Davies in there. or Tom Davies, sorry, not Simon. Tom Davies in there with um, Sigurdsson as a central midfield pairing, which uh, wasn't too tasty there at the weekend uh, or in their last game. Um, So they've got issues, but it's one of the... Listen, you're looking at it and you're going... If you, I mean, even if you're Klopp, I, if, I you're looking at it. And you're going. First of all, you're going thanks a lot, FA, you bastards, for drawing them out of the fucking hut. Because I could quite easily have done with getting Brentford away, or whatever it might be. You know, quite quite easy could have done with going to
0: or just or any of the teams that Manchester City have drawn over the last two seasons in any of the cup competitions. Yeah.
1: Or, any one of them or or like our opponents from last night seven United they've got AFC filed at home you know imagine we had them then you would be seeing a League Cup team and then nobody would be saying a word and everyone would be very happy and yada yada but unfortunately with Everton okay yeah, so and, and so so I think his hand is forced. I, th- I think he has to play it because obviously he doesn't want a replay. The last thing he wants is a replay. So I think he has to pick a team that he feels is strong enough to make sure they win that game in 90 minutes.
0: All right. So I have a I have a team down in paper here. So let's let's try and let's not pick a team. Let's try and guess. Let's try and guess the eleven. So what do you think? Do you think he gives Adrian the gloves or or does he keep Allison in? I think he keeps Allison in. Okay, I think he. I think he gives Adrian the spot. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I write down my team. You, you've got your team written down, so I write down my We're doing. We'll compare
0: them after. Okay. All right. So I think he keeps the two centre halves simply because we don't have anybody else. And the only alternative is to throw Nat Phillips in there, which I don't think he's going to do, or drop Henderson in. And I don't think he wants to play Henderson anyway because he's played a lot of football recently, a lot of football. So I think he goes Gomez Van Dijk. I think the two players he could probably do with more of a rest than anybody are the two fullbacks. So I think he gives Nico Williams a go. I think he drops Milner in the left back. I think Lalana keeps his place simply because we really are out of options in midfield. The injuries in midfield are absolutely wild at the moment. Um, so I think Lalana keeps his place. I think Jamie plays as six because he had a few weeks off with a little niggle and injury, and we were able to because we had the options of the likes of Oxley, Chamberlain and Kaida. The time that we that we could manage a lot better. Um, and we could afford to take absolutely no risks with him, and he looked really, really sharp. So I think he's less minutes in his legs. I think he probably plays six. I think the Minamino lad gets a goal from the start in the midfield as well. And then this is the one I'm not sure about. Mane's the first off on Thursday, so I think Mane starts, and I think he goes Origi with him. And I think he goes Harvey Elliott. Mm. So that is my compromised team that I feel the man I think feel I don't feel at the minute, considering what the team was on Thursday night, what Klopp said during the week, or what well today I suppose, um, and all the other considerations that have mentioned. I think that's won't be too far away from what it looks like. So, let me get this straight.
1: You've got a back five of Adrian, Milner, Virgil, Joe Gomez and Williams. Yeah. Then, I'm going to go forward a little bit. You've got a front three of Mane, R.G. and Elliot. Yeah. You've got Minamino in behind.
0: In the middle yeah. said from the start, with Lalana and Genie. And Genie. So I think he's doing like a minimino Lalana left and right of the three and Genie in the six. It's interesting. I mean it's not that it's not that mental. It's not I don't mental. think I don't think it's I don't think it's be I don't think it's yeah, it's not that mental. It's not like you'd look at it and go, That's that's loads of changes and that's Really crazy, but to be honest, like, I think the fullbacks need to come out. I think Trent is Trent is everything to the way we play, and Robertson Robertson's not that far behind. And I think if we need to protect anybody on the pitch, even now for me, even more important than the front three are the two fullbacks, and more so Trent.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. If, if you're thinking protectionism, then you want to take. You want to take out uh, Andy Bravo and Trent potentially I mean there is the flip side that Trent is is the youngest and therefore probably is the most juice in his legs probably probably recovers the quickest and being a scouser
0: is probably absolutely the most desperate to play um I think but again we ha- I remember having the conversation before the game away at the new camp as if is. Does does Klopp take that away from him? Klopp can't take that away from him because he's the local lad and his form's great and blah blah blah. And oh what's ha oh Joe Gomez is playing right back, okay.
1: Yeah, but he had he had the options and you know Klopp did that because he because he reverted to 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 safety, to pragmatism in inverted commas, although it's not really pragmatism, it's caution.
0: No. It, it, yeah, I get that. The thing, the thing is, what I'm saying is, I I don't think that there will be any emotional decisions when it comes no, to, no, I, to I, picking I, an eleven. But uh, of of the people who are most banging
1: down the manager's door, saying, "Listen, I can I can play this game," Trent's probably probably first in line. I don't I don't massively disagree with you personally. I don't think Adrian comes in. Um, I don't think you break up. I just don't I just don't think you really need to break up the back five if anything if anything there's the potential for
0: Milner to drop in at left back I haven't said yeah Milner could also go to he could also go to right back Milner he
1: could but I don't think Trent will get dropped I think if anyone needs a rest it's Sandy Robbo. from the from if, if you're saying that the fullbacks need a rest I think the one most in the red zone. Is Andy Robbo because he's talked about his hamstrings already this season. He's had a lot of a um, lot of international duty this season, which Trent hasn't had as much of, and I think he's played more minutes for us this season as well. Um, so I'd be tempted if I was leaving one of them out, especially with the with the six day gap afterwards. If I was leaving one of them out, I'd be tempted to leave. Uh, I don't think he does both because I think it's too risky. Changes completely the way we play. If we if we if we line up with Milner and Williams and Adrian against Evan, I would expect to lose the game. So if we line lined I would certainly expect to struggle in the game. And I don't I just don't think he wants to struggle. I don't I don't don't think he wants to lose the game and I don't think he wants to he definitely doesn't want to replay. So whether what he wants and what he ends up with could be two different things and, and what he's prepared to 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 risk. Uh, risk reward and so on. You could be absolutely right because he's done it already this season. Um, so I'm not. I'm not saying it's ridiculous or anything. It's just. It's not what I see him do. I think you see. I think you see the back four, pretty back five, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. I think in midfield you don't have many options. So potentially, if Milner back. You potentially you have Milner left back and you're giving Andy Robertson a rest so and you've got your man Williams on the bench um, I think midfield you've only got and think midfield you've got to yeah you're, you're probably going to rest Jordan Henderson because he's played a lot of football um, and therefore you're probably playing with a maybe a genie I'd probably go with your midfield Gini Larana and Minamino with Henderson on the bench and up front either Mane or Salah get to rest with with Firmino only one of them plays and I would go with Origi and Elliot as
0: well I think only one of them plays Yeah and I'm basing it on Mane is Mane's the one that predominantly stays injury free I don't think I, I don't see I don't see a world where he doesn't have Mane or Salah on the pitch. Yeah, one of one, one of Firmino, I think will certainly miss out. Yeah. Um, and I think it it's often Mane in these situations. It's often Mane gets an nod ahead of Salah. And I think the fact that he comes off 15 minutes beforehand is the and what you might see is Mane might get 70, and Salah might get the last 20 or something like that.
1: That's fair. That's fair. He does. Uh, although Mane did look more
0: tired, Salah looked really, really sharp. Um, yeah, he did look sharp. I, I also think that Mane just get Mane gives you more. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, uh, I think he does. Probably, he's more more of a complete footballer.
0: Um, yeah, if, like, like, if you're gonna play, sense. if, if you yeah, if you're gonna play one of those three, for me, I always wanted to be Mane. If I have a choice. Of you're only getting to play one of these three in this game, I always pick and manic, always. Yeah, so we're,
1: I mean, we're very, very close. I mean, there's a shout maybe that, that Curtis Jones plays instead of Minamino, and Minamino comes on. That's fair. The other way around, there's a shout that, that Milner starts the game. Um, and I, well, I, I haven't been anyway, sorry. Get mixing myself up. I don't think he started midfield, I think he started left back. So, really, my only big change is that for me, Trent starts at right back and and Williams is on the bench, yeah, and then the
0: the goalkeeper, yeah, and the keeper, yeah. Okay, so we're we're not that far away, not that far away. So, we'll
1: see what happens anyway. I just really do not want to lose, I don't want to see us lose a game.
0: So obviously, nope. the last thing I want to see us do is lose against Everton, nope. and the even more last thing than that is to see us lose against Everton at home. At home, which we haven't done for twenty years. Let this not be the year that happens. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't don't let don't let them have that because you know what you know what they're like. This will this it and take us. I we still beat you though. Yeah, we beat you. We beat yeah. you. Fucking blue shite. I know. I know. It's, it's so sad and if that is what if that is what you're looking for for satisfaction in your football life then you know that's
1: what we looked for when Man United were dominant for, for all those years and, and that is what they're I mean you said you said earlier it's all they've got left this season well it's all they've ever got and you know they will be bang up for it there is no yeah. doubt and Ancelotti is no mug and Klopp knows that and Therefore, I think he will treat it accordingly. There will be changes made, but it will not be a, uh, it will not be an Aston Villa or an Arsenal side. No,
0: don't get me wrong. I don't expect to see Seth Vandenberg playing. I don't expect to see, you know, um, Keanu Hoover playing. Um, I, 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 can I, I see just Hoover on the bench. I can see Hoover on the bench. I can see Hoover on the bench. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that he'll start. Now, to be honest, you know, there's. Williams seems to be ahead of him, ahead of him in that pecking order. Um, but I, Williams was a left back. But am I wrong? Is he, is he a right back? And Luke's is always a right back. Yeah. He, um, so look, look it's. I, I don't expect to see, you know that. You know we're not going to we're not going to see those asses. We're not going to see. Well, obviously we're not going to see Herbie Kane, but we're not going to see. Um, oh Christ! What's his name? I can't remember now because they're all about twelve. Um, but you know, we're not going to see you know your Christy Davises or, um, yeah. or boys like this because they're just they're just not close enough to the first team. It's only going to be players that are in that specific group of four. I think you know your Brewsters, Brewster. I, I don't think I'll start. I think Brewster will I'll make the bench. But that group of four of Brewster, Jones, Williams, and and um, Elliot.
1: Yeah, and, and I can see them. I can see them being on the bench. I see Elliot potentially starting. Jones has a chance of starting. More likely they'll be on the bench though. More likely, I would say. Um, if he's going to drop one in, if he's going to drop one in, it would probably be Elliot just for the wild card. Um, he's looked the one that is most capable, even, even at his age. Jones is good. Yeah, he's, he's been around for a little while and, there's been a bit of talk about him, but Elliot, since he's come in, every time I've seen him play, anyway, he looks looks like he's
0: ready. Yeah, he's, he's, he's cut above, isn't he? He's cut yeah. above. He should be nowhere he, for his age. He should be nowhere near that level. Um, no. and, by, and by the looks of his face, um, he, he looks as though he had puberty moves about nine. So he must be fairly, probably a, probably ahead of the average schedule of of physical development. I would argue. Yeah, well,
1: he looks like he can. He can. Um, he's got the stamina, stamina to last a full game. He doesn't look, doesn't look like he's men against boys, you know. Whereas the likes of some of the others, Christy Davis and so on, it, it really was. Um, so yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Jurgen has surprised us in both ways before. Um, sometimes going much stronger than we'd expect. Sometimes going much, much potentially weaker than we would expect That he's he's managed to get it absolutely perfect so far this season so let's hope he gets it right again on Sunday
0: yeah okay so score prediction mm, 2-1 Liverpool minimum. Yeah, go- oh ho, ho, cheeky yeah I'm going to go the same I'm going to go 2-1 and you know I, I kind of like I kind of like these games I kind of like you know this is what was so frustrating for me about Keita I I'm still, I still get a bit of excitement watching him play because I haven't seen enough of him from my own liking, you know, um, yeah. and that really, really annoyed me um, on Thursday night. But but these games, you know, everybody likes to see a new and play, especially someone that is who seems to be as you know dynamic as as Minamino. You know, everybody wants to get a look at Elliot. He's he's, he's the next big thing. Um, and let's be honest, you should you should hope with with a starting. You know, we go in two 0 up before the game even kicks off. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And with, with Pickford starting, it make that 4-0. I know, what was that one? Did They what, 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 yeah, were that, both, the, both the City goals last night. Oh, the, his Jesus arms. the Jesus one? The Jesus one, yeah, his arms are so short, he pushes it up into the top corner. It's no yeah, way near
1: Having got a hand on it, it's one of them, having got such a big hand on it, he'd be disappointed he didn't keep it out. Quote, unquote. And the second one, he gets beat at his near post. Where he should never be beaten, decent, smart finish, but should never, ever be beaten there. And there's another one where Jesus hits the post. Where again he's going to be beaten at his near post, and he dives the wrong way. He's fucking rubbish. And the quicker Carlo yeah. gets rid of him, the better. The quicker England work out that he's a fucking gnome, the better. Like because he is, he's a fraud. <laughs> If ever
0: there were one, Jordan Smallart Pickford is a fraud. Yeah, he's uh, he's not great, but that's just kind of inherent of of Everton's transfer policy, really. Um, it and is. long uh, yeah, hopefully. It and, Sorry, long may I continue. I was going to that's say that's exactly what I was going to say, mate. So look, on that, I think we'll we'll wrap things up, um, Chief. Thanks for joining me. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I no bother.
1: Me too. Me too. Good to get one out and top of the top of the tree by a long way going into the new year or the start of the new year. So let twenty twenty be um, be Liverpool's year.
0: Yeah, let's go and win the treble, and then you know just top and tail it with the Super Cup and the, and the World Club Cup and of the dynasty, defining Reds.